Hello, you're listening to Strong and Motivated, where you will find stories, words of encouragement, and scriptures intended to motivate you to positive action. I'm your host, and my name is Kina Small. Today's episode is information taken from a previous conference that was set up in 2019. I thought it would be good to share this with you today. It covers some of my background history, work ethic responsibilities, and how I continued serving with a whole heart, and I must tell you, there is no way, absolutely no way I could have done any of what I do without God's help. The Lord has been there all the way, helping me be a better person who is equipped to meet the needs of others. As always, I enjoy this time of sharing and I look forward to the next time. If you would like a copy of my ebook, Five Steps to Be a Better Caregiver, the purchase price is $8.99. For more information about my life and what I do, or to purchase the ebook, go to kinalaunch.com or you can also reach me at kinasetiquette at aol.com. Stay tuned. I was raised in a family of 14. My parents had 16 children. However, two of them were lost as um, babies and so the 14 the rest of us are all living and you know expanding our families being married with more and more children and my mother today is right now at her age of 83 she is serving in her community and she has a nonprofit and they run an after-school program with a lot of the senior citizens in that community working with the children the youth and the um, elementary age children where they have a it's a after school program feeding probably anywhere from 75 to 100 children each day after school and tutoring and working with them in the areas that they fall short because of their um, family dynamics or you know the atmosphere that they are being raised in and i i say all that to say i believe that um, we can serve in many capacities and and that's the type of atmosphere that I was raised in a serving atmosphere but I believe that even though we can can serve in many capacities there's really only one way to serve we can teach all types of of, um, methods to reach people but there's only one real way to serve and that's with the whole heart you know, in a relational way where you are genuinely or authentically being yourself in love, meeting that person's needs. I think if we, if it's not done that way, then there, there are many areas where there are gaps and the person's needs aren't being fully met and you are not, you aren't reaping the benefits on a on a 100% level that you would get from serving in that way. In our home, we were raised to not just um, serve within our own home dynamics. We were also raised to serve in the community. One of my first jobs in serving was working in a nursing home, and I was very young. 
Um, uh, that wasn't my first job, however, because I think my first job, I was like 12 babysitting. But out in the community, my first job would be um, working in a nursing home. And let me tell you, at that age, it was not the, it wasn't something I wanted to commit to, but my, my parents were always of the mindset that whatever we do, it's a learning process. It's a learning way. It's a way to incorporate something new into your life and then also be able to help someone in the process. So it wasn't something that you just go in and you quit the job because you didn't like it. You know, it's like work through it, you know, do it because it's going to benefit you in the end. And here I am looking back and and wondering, had I not worked at that nursing home or I had a father that um, had glaucoma and they didn't catch it early enough back then. So he was blind and we served him. We served him lovingly. He was my, my best friend. He's, not, he's no longer with us. He's gone on you know, to heaven and, and looking down at, at me now. But I, I really believe that in serving him, it taught me how to be prepared to serve my husband um, who at this later time in our marriage, it had, you know, he had an opportunity also to um, serve in his family because there were some illnesses in his family. But I've had a, a long journey with my husband from the onset of diabetes uh, early on in our marriage. We were married in 1988 and in, in 1999, he was um, sent to the hospital and they found out he had diabetes. His um, blood sugar level was 1400 they didn't even have a machine that could read it at that time and so he was in the hospital for three weeks he didn't know who i was he didn't know who his mother was but he knew all the people that he worked with he could tell you certain things but he lost his sight so for three weeks he was without sight we had five little ones at home we um were and he was actually in school working on a degree at the time so i was typing up his papers raising the babies you know without his assistance and he was a very involved father but without that and me having to care for him it actually put us in a, what most people would call a deficit moment in your marriage or your family dynamics but looking back it actually was a training period for me because i'm going to tell you without all of that i don't think i'd be standing in front of you today being able to encourage you, um, whether it's, you know, um, through a podcast or, you know, on online or standing face to face or coaching, I wouldn't be able to do this. I've learned so much on this journey and I'm actually very thankful for the positions that I was able to be in throughout this time. You know, since that time, my husband has had three strokes he is currently in um, stage five uh, renal failure. Uh, they are working on getting him uh, to the point where he can actually receive a kidney. He's had staph infections. Oh, he's, he's had viral infections. We, we've gone, you know, RSV. He's been back in the hospital for 15 days. One stroke put him in there for 40 days. I stayed in the hospital with him for 30 days. I, you know, became very involved in his care and very involved in getting to know the nurses and the staff and the doctors trying to understand and help them also to understand his unique um, circumstances because all the doctors have told him he's a very 
very unique patient. You know, when you're dealing with um, being on a cardiac diet because you've had issues, then being diabetic and then having to have a renal diet, when you are a 100% caregiver, which is what I have been, I was the one who was preparing the meals. I was his chef. I cooked all of his meals throughout all the dynamics of that diet. Um, I was able to do that. I was his taxi. I had to take him to all of his appointments. He has, he's had uh, surgery on his eyes and you know, he's, he's under the care of a doctor. He's had uh, gum disease where we've had to take him in to get his mouth worked on. And he's had um, infections in his feet where we've had to take him to his podiatrist to get that taken care of. And then he has his primary doctor who watches over, you know, overall a lot of the, the dynamics of <clears throat> everything. And then he has a nephrologist, of course. And so it's just been a, a, a learning way. And, and I think that with all of the care that he needs, there are moments where the caregiver, you can get so caught up in serving and trying to serve with a whole heart if you are in that position. And then there are times when as a caregiver, you don't serve as a whole with a whole heart and you don't want to serve. Trust me, I know because I've been there as well. But you have to come to the realization that this time in your life and the person that you are serving, it's a road that if it's walked correctly with the right attitude, it can truly be a benefit to both the caregiver and the one on the receiving end of the care. But there are certain dynamics that cause you to either fall into the place of being authentically you and hating it or working towards being an authentic lover in the moment. And there are steps that I had to take that put me in the right mindset because I felt like I started out on that road really, really um, doing an excellent job. And And my husband will tell you that I've served him well. But, but also, when you are not having your needs met and getting your tank full, filled as a caregiver, it can cause you to fall into a place of uh, detriment to your own, own health and your own emotional mindset where it's, it doesn't work for either one of you. You know, if, if the caregiver isn't in a good place, the caregiver is not going to give good care because what you're giving out is coming from within. And so if you aren't taking care of your own thought processes, how you are feeling about taking care of this person, if you let those negative thoughts build up, then it's not going to benefit you or the person you're caring for. So in an instance, if you think about this, you wake up in the morning, you're very tired, and you have to do you know, all of whatever it is that you're doing, and you have this thought, oh my God, I am so tired today. I don't feel like this. And you dwell on that thought. That thought's going to go with you throughout the go with you throughout the day and it will become your your main focus of how tired you are, how you've been doing this for so long. Oh, I wish this was over. I am so tired of this. Is there nothing else that I can do? I feel like I'm drowning over here. This is just this can't be my life. It'll just it'll just snowball into that. But if you find yourself with the reality of saying, yes, I am tired. However, I can't imagine 
what it would feel like to not have my legs, I'm using my husband as an example, not have my legs that they don't work. I mean, he's in a wheelchair and he cannot get up. He can't walk around like I can. So even though I am tired, I am so thankful that my legs work. I can't imagine what it would be like to have a a immobile left side where I can only use my right arm and my left arm doesn't work and so on. And so but what, what you do is you take the thoughts off of yourself and then you begin to put yourself in their position. And that's one of the main, that's one of the main ways that you can help someone else. I guess what I am saying is that we have to be very careful about the way that we start our day and finish our day, our thoughts can actually alter the way that we serve. And I think that's one of the top priorities. You know, you can learn how to serve, but if you don't watch and keep yourself in a place of seeing the needs of the other person, because if you're in a position to serve, generally you are probably better off than the person you're serving. So if you can keep that in mind, um, it, it would be a benefit to both the server, the caregiver, or the person that is being served. And of course, there are other ways that, you know, you can utilize being more uh, positive in your caregiving and also be on the, on the receiving end for yourself as the caregiver. There are things that you can do that can keep you in a place where you are more apt to serve um, willingly and with a heart that is given over to the server, but also not neglecting the things that you would need as a caregiver. And, And let me just say this, we think of caregivers as people that are serving you know, whether it's a a person that has a disability or uh, someone that is, you know, ill in some, in some sort of way, it could be someone that's ill, but there are, there are many ways that you can be a caregiver. Parents, you are caregivers, mothers, moms, dads, you are caregivers. You could be a caregiver for your, your parent or a grandparent, or you could be a caregiver for your own children. You could be a caregiver as a babysitter for someone else's child. This goes across all areas of serving or care, taking care of someone or seeing to the need of someone. And let me just tell you this, it can cross over into your job at work. If you are a nurse, if you are a doctor, this this crosses over every area of, of someone's life. This is why I call it life essentials because this is what we need to be better people and to meet the needs of others in a better way. And so I, I really encourage you to think about how you, whether you're a teacher or someone in, in a grocery store working as a cashier, how can you better meet, the, how can you meet the needs in a better way 
of the people that are in your sphere of influence. And basically, that really is life essentials because I think that we are in a lot of areas we fall short because we first of all don't meet our own personal needs and then therefore we have this deficit within our own body or our own mindset and our own emotions and therefore it makes it hard for us to meet the needs of other people. So I have several steps that can assist with helping you to get in line um, with how it is that you can better uh, meet the needs of your family or, you know, someone in, in ministry, in the community, you know, whether it's, you know, you're a doctor or a parent, whatever, whatever it is, I have um, some personal strategies that will help to educate you in how you can move forward successfully in whatever area you're in that will cause you to move forward and meet the needs of those that are in your sphere of influence. Those that are on, under your care are those that you perhaps work with or work for. So with that in mind, I will um, leave you with this thought. Where are you and where do you want to be beyond today when it comes to meeting the needs of others and including yourself? My name is Kina Small. I am a professional strategist, educator, and coach. You can reach me at Kina's Etiquette at AOL.com. That's K E E. N-A-S-E-T-I-Q-U-E-T-T-E at AOL.com. If you would like to further learn how you can strategize in your own areas where you can move forward successfully and overcome these obstacles that might be in your way to keeping you from operating, um, where it's going to help you to feel better about what you do, Give me a call or shoot me an email. My number is 217-299-8810 and I also do texting. You have a great day.